your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Now, the HSC is urging you to learn about the signs and symptoms of sepsis. They're marking World Sepsis Day and uh, listeners are being encouraged to ask, could it be sepsis? in a bid to identify what can be a life-threatening infection before it progresses too far. And joining me in studio now is Assistant Director of Nursing at UL Hospitals Group, Yvonne Young. Good morning, Yvonne. How are morning, you? Good morning, Joe. I'm good, thanks, Joe. And can I first of all start off uh, by thanking you and your show and Live 95, your phenomenal sepsis champions. You cover sepsis every year. And, you know, awareness is so important. It's such an important strategy against the prevention of sepsis, but also the early recognition of sepsis and early intervention of treatment. And awareness and education, it's vital because sepsis is so complex. Right. So it's not a a disease in and of itself, really, is it sepsis? No, no. What, What sepsis is, it's the body's dysregulated or abnormal response to infection and it can be any infection. It can be an infection from a bacterial source, um, a viral bug, a fungal bug or protosa. So it's your body's abnormal response to infection. You know, our bodies are amazing. When we get infection, it mobilises a response. It knows what to do and it mobilises a response to the source of the infection to kill that bug that's causing the infection. And lots of things happen. Like, for example, we get a temperature, the body heats up and tries to kill the bug. But with sepsis, that response becomes abnormal. We don't know really why that happens in people, but we do know that there are cohorts of people that are at risk of of dying from sepsis when they get it. So uh, the body fights it and almost can't stop fighting, almost. Yeah, it's it's like, if you think of it, it's like an orchestra without a conductor. Mm. You know, we're missing the conductor and there's things that are you know, happen, that should happen and shouldn't happen. There's kind of chaos. So the body, it's like, uh, you know, abnormal you know, hyper response to infection. Would that mean that in many instances the infection itself is not potentially lethal, perhaps, but the sepsis can be in certain circumstances? Absolutely. So any infection can develop into sepsis because you can't get sepsis without infection. Now, that doesn't mean every infection will will develop into sepsis. But, you know, this is why awareness is so important. We don't want to frighten people, but we want to make people aware. So it's um, it can be, as I said, it can be any infection. But there are certain cohorts in our population that are at a risk of developing and dying from sepsis, such as, you know, our, our older adults over the age of 75, babies under the age of one, because the immune system hasn't matured yet. And of course, as we age, the immune system deteriorates. Those who have chronic comorbidities that can suppress the immune system, such as diabetes, chronic liver disease, kidney disease, people on cancer treatment, and HIV, AIDS, certain recent tre- recent surgery or trauma within the last six weeks also. And also there's lots of people now who are not only living longer, but they're living on certain medications that can, you know, dampen down our immune system, like, you know, high-dose steroids or metatrexate, things like that. Which chatting to Yvonne Young, who's Assistant Director of Nursing at UL Hospitals Group. So for a non-medical expert then, how can they recognise sepsis in a loved one, perhaps? Okay, so 
first of all, Joe, you know your loved one better than anyone else. You know, to parents out there, you know your child better than anyone else. You know, don't be afraid to ask, could this be sepsis? Or to say, you know, I'm worried. This isn't normally them. But the most commonly reported signs and symptoms are, you know, if you think of the word sepsis, spell out the word sepsis. So, you know, slurred speech nuance and confusion, too sick to communicate, drowsiness, you know, maybe inappropriate behaviour, you know, they're not themselves. Um, e then, extreme shivering, rigors, muscle aches, joint pain, fever. Uh, P then for they haven't passed any urine in the last 12 hours or they've passed very little that's maybe dark brown in colour. Um, another S then for shortness of breath, you know, lips that are tinged blue, they feel like their heart is racing or they might get dizzy when they go to stand up or sit up. That's often a sign that the blood pressure is, is low. Then the I stands for, I feel like I'm going to die. This is so commonly reported with people with sepsis. They often say this, I, they get a sense of impending doom. Really? Yeah, it, it's quite common actually with, with people who have heart attacks as well. It's to just get this overwhelming feeling. They often verbalise it, I feel like I'm going to die. I think I'm dying. And the final S is then for skin changes. So skin is mottled and discoloured and it, or a new rash that won't, uh, that's still visible. You don't want to be used the, the glass test. And, and just go back one step because you mentioned, you know, parental instinct in these things. So medical people will listen to parents in those situations, will they? If they say, look, you know, I really, I think there's something not right here. So I think it's twofold, Joe. I think that the education, training and awareness, we have to do it in our, our healthcare settings as well. We need to educate, you know, our healthcare workers to listen to people. They know their loved one better than anybody else. And actually, sepsis came to my door last year. My youngest child who ended up in hospital with sepsis for 10 days. And I remember, you know, at home thinking... You know, he was an unusual presentation and, you know, sometimes it isn't easy to do that to verbalise, I think it's sepsis or I'm really worried here. You know, so... And, you know, and when you say just a matter of interest, unusual mm, presentation? So, actually, how he first presented was I got a, a phone call from the school saying he was complaining of severe knee pain. So, I actually, I couldn't collect him, so I asked my eldest son to collect him. Yes, yeah. Anyway, he was yeah. fine, he slept all night. The next morning he got out of bed, he couldn't wait there. And so I brought him to St. John's Hospital. Couldn't the stand local injury. Yeah, he could sorry, he couldn't stand. Yeah, yeah, he couldn't put his weight down. It was causing too much pain. Right. So I brought him to the local injury unit. He'd no other symptoms or signs, nothing. Just that and they reviewed him, they were excellent. And they felt he had a swelling around the knee, around the tendon uh, under the knee. So they gave him crutches and recommended pain relief and he was flying it. So the following day, it was the last day before they broke up for Easter and he was all excited to go in. And of course, he wanted to show off the, the crutches and things like that. But he, when he woke up, he couldn't. He was quite, he was lethargic. He couldn't get out of bed. And I just thought maybe he's over, after overexerting himself on the crutches, I'll leave him stay at home. I can work from home. And, um, you know, he's only a half day. As the day went on, he never moved from the couch. And then he started to complain of this severe groin pain that actually grew in severity as the day went on. Around six o'clock, suddenly, he started spiking really, really high temperature and developed what looked like uh, flu-like symptoms. And I remember thinking, 
you know, oh, it's probably the flu, it's circulating, even though he's vaccinated against flu and COVID and all that. But that's what we do. We try and explain away the abnormal. Yes, yes, We yes. do that. It's yeah. human nature. Yeah. Because you don't want to think about No, yeah. definitely not. And as a healthcare worker, you're always afraid to under or overcall it. But I remember the red flags going off thinking, no, no, I'm worried here as a mother. And, you know, I knew then we needed to I, go. Because I think that must be really tough for people who have medical backgrounds separating the parental from the... Like, I don't have medical background, so I'm only entirely looking at something like that as a parent. But for you, you, you are balancing that in your brain, aren't you? Absolutely. And But I suppose it really drove it home to me that, you know, I was able to make that call, make that decision because I had information and awareness. Mm. I remember saying to myself, how many thousands of people have you educated on sepsis? You know, you need to listen to those red flags going off. Am I worried as a mother, as a parent? Yes, right. I was. So, so, so you made the call, and then he went to. So, so we ended up. Um, you know, he, he ended up in hospital for ten days really? with sepsis. So, what it was was it was a bug called Staph aureus that mm. got into his blood uh, because he has eczema. So he was scratching, and the bug got into his skin. So once they were able to identify the bug, you know, they, they take blood tests called blood cultures. They send them off to the lab. They were able to identify the the exact bug that was causing it and treated with antibiotics. But he was quite sick. And even when we got there, he started, he actually got sicker. He, you know, started to vomit. He looked terrible. He got delirious. He was completely confused. So it was really frightening. Of course, But I suppose it just drives it home how important this is. And and thankfully, over the 10 days, he, with the proper treatment, he improved. He did, thankfully. And he's fine. He's flying now. He was on antibiotics for about three months after that. Yeah. You know, so he was quite. I, I'm sick. just trying to imagine, though, for you, Yvonne. I mean, as you say, you've educated so many people in this. Mm. You know, you would have been in with us talking about sepsis over the years, and there between last year and this year, you here it was. It was on your doorstep in your own family with absolutely. your child. Absolutely, but you know, again, Joe, like I say, you know, it, sepsis doesn't discriminate. No. It doesn't discriminate. Even the young, fit and healthy can develop sepsis and be really quite sick with it. And that's why it's really important that, you know, we know the signs and symptoms. And also, there's lots we can do to prevent sepsis. Well, yeah, we get to prevention in one second, but just, so it is really important then that people can identify this. And obviously, mm-hmm. the earlier you identify it, the better. Absolutely. So we, unfortunately, one in five people who develop sepsis will die. We won't save everybody because sometimes there's multiple factors at play. Sometimes the bug that's causing the infection of sepsis can be extremely aggressive and extremely violent. Or sometimes people present too late or sometimes people have multiple comorbidities and no matter how early we catch them, their immune system is just so poor, you know. So there's multiple factors at play. Of course. So, But I suppose it's about giving the person with sepsis the best chance possible to survive and you know that's that's what I suppose it's all about that's the yeah, aim yeah. you know um, and, and sorry you mentioned prevention then yeah so there's that I suppose the most important strategy you know in preventing sepsis is to prevent infection so things like good hand washing you know make sure your vaccines are up to date especially in small children and those who are immunocompromised you know breastfeeding as well they you know pass on lovely you know anti uh, and um sorry uh Sorry. I, yeah. I, I, I don't know the answer now, so I can't help you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, they, 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 you know, they help the baby's immune system. Yes, yeah. yes, And yes. what you call it, um, things like, you know, just 
being well, keeping active, and if you have a chronic condition, you know, keeping on top of it, looking after yourself as well, and just, you know, again, informing yourself of the signs right. and symptoms, knowing when you have to go for help as well. And, and presumably the HSE website is good for this, is there a section? Absolutely. So we launched a new sepsis information leaflet yesterday. We launched it in Dublin Castle at the Sepsis Summit. So it's actually free to download um, or order and it's in 10 different languages and if you go to helppromotion.ie you, you can download it there for free also UL hospitals will have it up on their social media sites and also if, if you want to find out more about sepsis you can go to the HSE website as well Well thank you, for, I think it, it was great that you were prepared to share a personal experience around this because I think it does underline for people you you never know when something like this might happen and, and obviously delighted to hear your, uh, your son's done so well but What's the biggest thing you drew from it, from experiencing it yourself? I think personally it was having information, being aware, knowing when to go and and not sitting on it. You know, mm. not, you know, because there was one stage, you know, I thought, okay, maybe it's flu or, you know, we'll try and get through the night and we'll go to the GP in the morning. But yet those maternal instincts were roaring at me. You know, we, we need to go, you know, I'm worried here. And I think, um, and being able to verbalise it, I'm really worried. I think I did say that when I yes. presented. Yes. I think my son has sepsis. Yes. And I think the other side of it, then for healthcare workers, we need to listen to people. We need to listen to patients and families and loved ones as well. Yeah. That's really important. And to be fair to people in medicine, like the point you made of, of how it, for him it was the back of the... Yeah, Things can get missed, you know, with the best will in the world and everyone trying to do their best. Isn't that true? Absolutely. But when we went to St. John's, he had no signs and symptoms. And actually, what turned out um, to be the cause of the pain in the knee and the groin was just he actually had a fracture in his pelvis from doing taekwondo, doing the splits. So it was just incidental. It's like... You know, if you've ever had a flu, Joe, and you've a bad back or a yeah, bad knee, yeah. sometimes that pain can it, get it, exacerbated. It, it can, of course it can, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and that's what it was. But, yeah. uh, so he was a bit unusual. Cheapers, you know. the, the, the most fortunate injury he ever had, really, wasn't it? it? It really was, Joe, because that's what really concerned me. I said, this isn't normal. This is really strange. Yeah. You know, especially in children who can't weight bear or can't walk and, or something that they're, you know, I suppose parents are the cornerstone for what's normal and we should always listen to them. You know, right. Well, a very good message to finish on. But as I say, people can go to the HSC uh, website and find out much more about sepsis and and that question that they're asking: Could it be sepsis? And uh, marking World Sepsis Day. And thank you very much to the Assistant Director of Nursing at UL Hospitals Group, Yvonne Young, for telling us all about uh, that. Your views, your news, your Limerick today with Joe Nash on live.